welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 60, a big 6-0. Let's roll. It is, uh, it, is, it is a week that I don't think, it's like Christmas or something. I don't even know what's going on. The news this week is incredible. We're recording this at uh, noon Pacific on Wednesday, hoping to drop this thing uh, Wednesday afternoon. If not, you're listening probably Thursday morning. But my goodness, uh, so if we get some stuff wrong, if like all of a sudden, you know, Tom Brady is, uh, is, is on the Bears in a few hours, it's, it's, just, it's just the way it goes. I mean, this is just craziness. But we've got a lot to cover and a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And what a perfect guest I have this week to talk about all the comings and goings of the league. Just a, just a, a, a perfect guest because he's, uh, he, he's really tapped into everything. Um, my guest this week is Troy King. Troy King can be found on Twitter at TKingMode. You can find him there on Twitter. Troy is uh, doing a lot of content writing for Yahoo Fantasy. Also does a, a podcast for the football guys, just kind of all over the place. And a real just general nice guy. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've been interacting with Troy a long time, and I am really excited to bring him on the show. Troy, what is going on? Man, that's one heck of an intro, bro. Thank you so much for having me. We, we're very overdue for this, but I'm glad we're finally getting a chance to chop it up. I'm very excited, just like you talked about. We have a lot of news <laughs> that hit us, you know, like a whirlwind. So, man, I'm ready to, you know, dive into all that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, uh, you know, when I when I learned you were going to be on a pod, I was like, oh, I wonder what we should talk about. You know, maybe we do that. You know, dine- and, and then it was just like the the overwhelming sea uh, of information and, and stories and all sorts of good. Bad. It's mostly bad. A lot of bad news, man. But you know, <laughs> yeah, man. And starting off that bad news, uh, I, I think we probably should just start with the the worst one, man. Henry Ruggs, man. What is going? on with our boy Henry Ruggs. I mean, just unbelievable. As I saw this all unfolding, I couldn't help but think about, like, especially when he got released real quick. You know, as a Pats fan, it made me think of that Aaron Hernandez moment when, you know, they didn't know what happened. Someone died, someone was murdered, but and then the Pats were like released him immediately. It was like they were like, this guy, he did it. You know, it was just, it was just bad from the beginning. And I'm getting the same vibes, obviously to a little lesser degree, but very similar for Henry Ruggs, man. Not good. Oh no. I mean, he's he's done. In terms of like obviously, you know, not it's everything that he did was horrible. I you know, praying for everybody who was involved in that accident is just you know, there is and the worst part is that it was so avoidable, right? Yeah. With the drinking yes. and driving, the hundred and fifty six miles an hour, mm-hmm. like you know, so much of it was just completely unnecessary. So that that aside, but in terms of just obviously NFL football news, yeah, he's done. It's if again, I'm not trying to be pretend like I'm a lawyer or anything, but you know he he's a young guy. I don't know what's going to happen, how long he's going to be sentenced, but clearly, I don't care how good of a lawyer you are, <laughs> you're, you're you're in trouble, right? You're in yeah. trouble for a while. So in terms of any NFL career, well, you know that's obviously secondary, but yeah, he he's he done. If you have him in, if you have him dynasty, I don't even know if you even need to have him on your roster. To be honest with you, you probably are free to drop him. But yeah, yeah, it may be that bad. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, we're talking a little bit about, you know, the fantasy side of this. And, you know, in some ways, I'm almost happy to have you on the show because like you're pretty I don't know, man, I, I've I've looked to you for some 
for some social cues in the past. Like when I was wondering about stuff, I definitely have bounced ideas off you. I think you have a real good like compass when it comes to stuff like this. So, you know, I was kind of, I don't know, not, not looking for you to open up about it, but I mean, you're the right person to talk to is what I'm getting at. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, Henry Ruggs was like almost four in the morning in Vegas, driving his Corvette 156 miles an hour. I guess the car's computer said that the car was actually traveling like 130 when the airbags just deployed. Uh, he was twice the legal limit. He uh, was one one six one. Um, you know, just a real bad scene. Crashed into a car, uh, killed a 22 year old person, and to top it all off, like just to the cherry of shit on top of this terrible Sunday is. A dog died in this damn thing. I mean, like, you can't even make up a worse story. So, I mean, just an absolutely awful, uh, uh, you know, situation. And and what you mentioned is the thing that I always think, which is like, you know, we go through all these questions. We had the group chat going on in the Undroppables. We're talking about, like, you know, uh, how, how does this happen? This guy has so much to live for. It's like, well, he's a 22-year-old kid with all the money in the world living in Vegas, and he's a little bit intoxicated. We can all understand how this can happen but my goodness, you have to pre-plan for this so that it doesn't happen. You can't you can't even allow yourself to be in a situation where you're out at three in the morning, twice the legal limit with a Corvette key in your pocket. Like that's where, you know, that can't happen. You know, you just can't yeah. allow that to be a choice you can make because when you are that drunk, you can make a bad choice. And I, uh, it's just a shame all the way around. Absolutely. It's look again, praise to the families, everybody who's impacted by the situation. Yeah. No doubt. Well, you're right. There's, uh, I guess, some football fallout from this. And, you know, for Henry Ruggs, I mean, everybody knows I was zero shares, zero cares with Ruggs. So it didn't really matter for me in that way. But, you know, where it does matter is, you know, maybe Waller, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards obviously becomes a guy. But, you know, really, it's hard to talk about that team in a, in a fantasy lens. Um, maybe it's good for Brian Edwards. But, but let's move on to another bit of bad news, which actually, you know, I wonder about this one. In, in the Calvin Ridley situation, you know, he's got a little bit of a, a similar situation where we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out in terms of how it affects football. But, you know, his situation, the polar opposite, I think we all have, you know, empathy, sympathy and and the attempt for understanding of what he might be going through. No, absolutely. Look, and I, I just love how mental health is becoming more normalized, especially among athletes, mm-hmm. you know, and. And first, obviously, with Simone Biles, with, with the Olympics, and now with Calvin Ridley, you know, just different athletes. And I know Hayden Hurst has had, I think he has a foundation as well in terms of, you know, mental health. So shout out to that. It's so important to everyday lives. And just, again, I'm just glad that it's normalized. And he's doing something as a president, right? Because there's some, pe- some people, you know, may not be as empathetic. Maybe they think he's soft or whatever, which isn't the case. It takes a lot of strength to do what he did, to come out, to do what he did. You know, everyone thinks that football players, oh, he's supposed to be, oh, I'm supposed to be tough, you know, you know, put my feelings to the side. But the fact that he was strong enough to come out, do what he needed to do for himself, it's bigger than football, right? And obviously selfishly, look, we have, people have on the teams, we want to see Calvin Ridley play. We want him to perform, but you know what? He's doing what's best for him. He's taking the time he needs. Hopefully he gets back, you know, by the end of the season when he's in a good place and, you know, performs well so for right now i think if you have them on your teams whether obviously dynasty you're keeping them that's not yeah. even a question but in terms of redraft you know i i am having this dilemma i have a couple of redraft teams i'm holding him right I, yes. the last thing i want to do is drop him 
he comes back in like, you know, two, three weeks and okay, hey, I've, I've taken some time, I'm better. And I see my opponent use him against me. I'm not trying to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's very little precedent for this. Um, so it's not like, oh, an ACL, those are six months. Or, you know, it's not like, oh, uh, mental health, that's a two-week injury or whatever. It's right. not like that. So we don't necessarily know what's going on. We don't have precedent. We don't have an understanding. So for me, I'm just looking at them as week to week. Although in terms of dynasty fantasy dynasty especially i mean it's a little red flag to be honest with you not a red flag for him as a person or as a player but hey man you know this is stuff that what if this is really affecting him in a super negative way and he has a hard time with it well it's the same thing as any quote-unquote injury but you said something now i really enjoy which was that we're normalizing this and you know i i would akin put it akin to homosexuality where guys were uh, impossible to come out. Now you've got guys who are starting to break that barrier. And and ultimately what I think it is, is I always hear people like when they criticize NFL players or professional athletes in general, they, they tend to not remember that those are like just a dude like you and me. Like they're just a human being. Like they're not infallible. They're not superhumans. They're not superheroes. They are a human being with these exceptional gifts that makes it even sometimes harder for them to sort of square up the rest of their life because they've been so so much of an outlier in so many other ways that you know the other normal things like feeling sad, anxious, depressed, whatever the hell it might be becomes a little bit more of a burden. And I think that's what's great about it is that we get to address these things and, and let these people be who they are. Absolutely, man. Again, just shout out to him. Shout out to everybody who's going through stuff. Again, make sure you take care of yourself. If you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. So. That's right, baby. That's right. Uh, someone told me that once. Who's the most important person in your family? I was like, oh, I can't pick between my kids. They're like, it's you because if you ain't good, you can't care for them. And I was like, Absolutely. all right. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a good one. Um, you know, when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, it's like, you know, we certainly would have thought that Kyle Pitts would have gone off with, with uh, you know, uh, Ridley out of the lineup. That did not happen. Uh, Pitts with two catches, 13 yards, I think it was. I'm not looking at it. Man, that's not good at all. And uh, when we when we start to try and figure out what the hell is going to happen with this Falcons team, it's been very, very difficult to handicap them all season. They started really terribly. Then they started to score some more. And then last week, again, kind of a stinker again. So, man, I don't know what to make of this team. They got an old quarterback. They've made a lot of terrible decisions, uh, you know, Maybe even drafted Kyle Pitts was one of them as, you know, they, there were, you know, Mac Jones and, and and Fields were on the board there. I think that would have been probably the way to go. But who am I to say? Uh, certainly in hindsight, uh, you know, Pitts is a dope player. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure what to think about the, the Falcons. Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson. I mean, they've got this poo-poo platter of wide receivers. Olamide Zacchaeus, Russell Gage, Tajay Sharp. I mean, just a bunch of zeros. A bunch of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like, oh, dude will step up. It's like, I don't think dude will step up. I don't know who that dude is. He's not there. So, kind of kind of just like Ridley Pitts, Cordero Patterson or bust. Yeah. Unless, and again, Mike Davis, you don't want to play him, but unfortunately, <laughs> bye weeks are a thing. And injuries, unfortunately, especially with running backs, happen to be a thing. So yeah. he might—he unfortunately might be one of your best options. Granted, the you know, given the running back landscape, it's it's disgusting and it sucks. But that's that's the reason why you're probably going to have to play him. 
Yeah, you said it. I mean, uh, running back injuries. It's like I tweeted the other day. I, I, I was like, it just was. I was just being a jerk, saying something about uh, people uh, uh, victory lapping some uh, some injuries. But like, I just started to make a quick list of injuries. It was like Acres, CMC, Barkley, Dalvin Cook's been out for a minute. He- obviously, Derrick Henry. Now we'll get to Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Raheem Mostert, Chris Carson. Uh, this David, has to be like the worst side of Terrell. I was like, this, even, David Montgomery, CEH, Josh Jacobs, Gus, Miles Sanders. Like, what the hell, man? This has I don't been remember the worst this. Year. I don't remember that being this bad. Because I remember I was arguing, but I, I have a tweet a couple weeks ago mentioning it. And people are like, oh, this happens every year. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. It does not. Because people weren't even factoring in the people from the offseason. Like you said, Gus, Travis Etienne. Like, this is the worst in recent memory. This is bad. Like, really Yeah, I've bad. never seen this. And it's like, I've never seen this. I mean, yes, running backs get hurt. Of course. You know, tight ends get hurt. Of, cor- of course. This happens every year. Yes. But not to this degree. I agree. No. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is when the waiver wire and redraft and depth and dynasty, that's where it pays off. You know, some sometimes I've heard people sort of say, you know, you know, in dynasty, they're just looking to sort of set up their starting lineup and that's that. And it's like, that's not a good way to go about dynasty. You really need depth in dynasty because, again, you often don't have access to the waiver wire. So in order to improve your team a little bit, sometimes you got to give up an asset and a hurt asset isn't a very easy one to trade. So you got to trade a. Uh, pick or some shit like that to replace that guy so depth does matter in, in, in dynasty and sometimes it's hard to know which one it is like you know whether it was khalil herbert or damian williams you know you think i had a couple spots where i had damian williams i'm like sweet and nah. <laughs> so, yeah, it didn't work out nah no it certainly doesn't um although if you're expecting damian williams to save you that was probably the bad plan to begin with <laughs> <laughs> it's very true <laughs> yes sir hey uh you know I don't, they don't call me the, the 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 guru for nothing no they don't even call me the guru they call you receipt king receipt <laughs> i love doing that shit that's just fun um Man, so let's stay with wide receivers for one more minute. Odell Beckham. Uh, this just in. No longer likes the Browns. Nope. <laughs> like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, let me talk about Odell because I was high on him coming into the season. I thought he was being undervalued. But I also, you know, again, this season I'm like, okay, you know what? This is going to be OBJ's year. He's going to be healthy. They're going to actually utilize him. He's clearly their best wide receiver, right? But also, this was all thinking that they were going to throw him the football. I've watched these games, and it's bizarre. He either doesn't get targeted or the passes from Baker are just terrible. Like, the way he throws to the other receivers, it seems like, I don't know, he just doesn't have chemistry with OBJ like he does with the other receivers. I just don't understand why. And... Again, he's your best, and I would think that Kevin Stefanski and and you know the whole team, you would want to get the ball in your best receiver's hands. You know, and I just don't understand like why that hasn't been a priority for them. Yes, you were the best, your top three best rushing team in the league. I get that, but I thought it was going to be similar to the way the Vikings were, right? So obviously, Kevin Stefanski comes with the Vikings. I thought it was yep. going to be like, okay, run with Dalvin, and guess what? You have a Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. I was thinking, I was thinking that was going to be Jarvis Landry and OBJ. Yep. Clearly, it hasn't worked out like that. It should. There's no reason yep. why it sh- couldn't have worked like that, but for some reason, they haven't figured it out. It's been a wasted asset. And again, a free OBJ because 
he's talented. People get calling him a bust and all that and drama. Like, no, I think if he's in the right situation, he's still talented enough. You can see him in his routes. He's getting open. It's not like he's just being blanketed and can't separate. He can still separate. Just for whatever reason, the ball's not going to him, and he hasn't had a touchdown since – like it feels like a decade. So yeah. I'm just the Nixon uh, administration, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely frustrating for sure. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I actually felt the same way. I, I wasn't, I was a little bit nervous about pushing the button for OBJ in, you know, in a lot of spots, but I did feel like that was great value whenever he got picked. And of course I picked him in the Scott fishbowl because, you know, <laughs> every little, every decision I made was about, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, so it's one of those things where like, I'm with you. I thought, I think exactly what you said, that sort of uh, Minnesota Viking sort of, you know, one for one copy. It's true. They have the tight ends, multiple tight ends. They can play that play action game. Look, we're going to get to it a little bit later, but I think that difference might be Baker Mayfield, and, you know, when we were handicapping the sort of the top 12 teams going into the season, the sort of those top 12 teams that all had a chance to, quote unquote, win the Super Bowl from our eyes uh, when me, me and Michael P. Duncan did that. Um, and I think I did it with Dan, too. The the um, the one team was Cleveland's question mark was Baker Mayfield. And it remains, man. They've got a big problem. And, you know, I listened to the GM shuffle with Mike Lombardi and he is outwardly sp- saying, do not pay Baker Mayfield and of course whenever you hear that the the counter is well what else do you want him to do I get it they don't have much of a choice but he's saying it'll be the Jared Goff contract 2.0 don't do it and you know what that's starting to make a lot of sense to me and maybe they should just go sign Mike White sorry too soon (laughs) it's maybe too soon we're gonna talk about him but (laughs) yeah we are but it's crazy we've seen flashes right so his rookie year obviously under different you know under Hugh Jackson, but he looked good. Last yeah. year, Baker ran that offense, and he looked good. And I, I don't know if it's the injury that's, you know, obviously he's dealing with that shoulder, so I'm not yeah, sure if that's it. Sure. But clearly it's impacting week, right? But it's like, I mean, he just doesn't, like, look, either sit out, heal your shoulder, or, because I know he wants to he wants to earn his contract, right? That's why he's playing, because he knows that, you know, his contract's coming up, he wants to play better. But the problem is, this season, he hasn't done himself any favors. He has not done anything this season to tell me, oh, you deserve another contract, right? Last year, again, last year he looked really good. We haven't seen that Baker. He looks like a liability. And he's he's the weak spot in the offense, unfortunately. So I think he's I think he should be starting. I think he's talented. But I just, again, if you want to extend him, fine. But the problem is, like, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money you know the qb market obviously it's inflation right it keeps getting higher and higher and i just don't know if he's worth it right i think he should be starting i think he's talented but the money that you're going to have to pay him i don't know if it's worth it you know it's interesting uh you know we we sort of watch the games we see baker we see him make sort of these boneheaded plays sometimes where it's like you know it's not always an interception. It's like he missed uh, OBJ on that touchdown a few weeks ago. I don't say two, three weeks ago, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, that was sort of the vivid play that we see. But we see a lot of little ones like that. It'll just like, you know, it'll be bootlegging and just throw it at the feet of a receiver. You're like, good God. And <laughs> yeah. so and so he looks bad like that sometimes. But like if you just start looking at the numbers, it's kind of funny. Like he's career high completion percentage this season, right? Oh, Okay. He's career low touchdown percentage, so he's not throwing touchdowns, but he's also career low interception percentage. You know, his quarterback rating, which I know isn't everything, but I'm going to share this with you. His quarterback rating is career high. So, okay, so quarterback rating is career high, but his QBR is career low. 
And part of that, I think he, he's got almost a 10% sack percentage on a team, 9.7% sack percentage on a team with arguably, I think everybody's roundly agrees is the best offensive line in the, in the league. Yeah. So this is a processing issue. I think, I think he's afraid now to make mistakes. And so he's eating the ball and, I don't know, man. I think it's a little bit of a head game here where he's just not feeling comfortable in that offense and he better fuck figure it out quick because, you know, it, like I like I was saying earlier, they've got to make a decision on whether or not they're going to pay him. But he's definitely affecting the downfield players on that team, i.e. Odell Beckham. And you can start to understand why Odell didn't want to be there. I mean, right? Exactly. And it's weird because I know, like, I'm pretty sure they're still boys, right? At least him and Baker used to be close. I don't know if they're close right now. You know what I mean? But it's like, after all that, but it's like, and and also you would think, I was also thinking like, hey, like, they got the good relationship. They should figure it out. At this point, it seems like the relationship is not salvageable. They just need to part ways. And I I want him to see, I want to see OBJ on the team, like, you know, Green Bay, Green Bay. That would make a lot of sense. That'd be sweet. Well, it's like the Saints obviously need wide receivers desperately. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see them on the Lions, but they obviously need wide receivers too. You know, there's a bunch of wide receiver needy teams. So. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's let's go to those Saints too. I mean, we'll finish off the the wide receiver craziness with Michael Thomas uh, having a setback. I'm I'm putting air quotes up setback uh, with his ankle surgery. I think the setback was Jameis Winston got hurt. <laughs> That was his setback with his ankle. It was like, oh, shit. Uh, Taysom Hill? Yeah, word. Um, I don't know, man. I think it was one of those things where like, he was going to see if he could – I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe he's got a problem with his ankle. But, you know, it was kind of convenient timing. Michael Thomas out for the season. Uh, This one's kind of a straight dynasty talk because, you know, Michael Thomas getting a little old. I'll look up his age in a second. But what do you you think – what are you doing with Michael Thompson? I mean, nobody's going to buy him from you at any sort of a good price. So I guess he's a hold, but is he a, is he a buy? Uh, that is the, I've actually been thinking about that all day. I'm not buying him. Right. If you want to buy him, I get it. If you're going to buy him and you believe in him, this is the time to do it. Cause it's an absolute right. show. People are fed up. They're like, I don't want, I'm, I wouldn't be, I think people are giving him away, even though you should hold it's an old adage buy low, sell high, but people get impatient and frustrated, just like with stocks. You know what I mean? So yeah. people are going to want to get them off their team. I'm, I don't blame them. Having Michael Thomas over the past two years has been extremely frustrating, obviously, with injuries. And I know a lot of people are skeptical, obviously, with this whole ankle thing, right? It'll taste the starter. And look, it's just based off of the way he's been talking, the drama. You know, clearly he isn't happy with the organization. He wants to be traded. And there's a lot of unknowns, right? So you could buy him, sure. But it's like, we have zero idea where he's going to end up next year. We don't know where he's going to be traded. It's just a lot of – if you can get him – but here's the thing. Like, Are you trading a second for him? I think that's like – like that's pretty much what his value is right now, a yep. second at best. Like no one's trading a first for him. Second is – yes, yes. Second I think is a fair value, but I don't even want to spend a second on him. Like not right now. It's just – again, I get it, but it's obviously just very frustrating. I don't have any shares of him kind of like – your phrase, but I'm like, nah, I, I'm good. But for anyone who has him, if you believe in him, you think he's talented, which he still is, send a second over if you can get him for a second. But I think if you have it, you might as well just hold him. Yeah, I think he's definitely a hold. I mean, you don't want to s- sell him for a s- I, you know, I guess. I, 
I don't know. I, I don't want to sell no. them for a second. You can sell them for any first, and you know, even if it's a twenty-four first, it's fine. Like that's okay if you're going to sell them for any first. Uh, I, yeah. I'm okay with selling at this time, but I think you know ultimately. You know, if you were holding this year, you were either holding for a stretch run or holding for a stretch run to trade, you know, so he could show himself, be dope, you know, go get 14 targets, nine catches for 100 yards and a touch and be like, boom, give me a give me a first round of the young receiver. And you're like, all right, got off it, you know, but now, you you know, he's not going to do anything for this team. He's going to be 29 years old before he hits the field again. He's got mm. foot, foot injuries for a t- for a tall and big wide receiver. He was never exactly that explosive or fast. Never. <laughs> yeah. So what do we really have here? He was tethered to Drew Brees. Is he still that guy? Nobody knows. All that uncertainty is absolutely valid. However, he was one of the most efficient receivers in league history. He he commanded targets at an, an alarming rate. So some of that uh, speaks to his skill set and, and the fact that he's elite. I don't know. It's a it's a very interesting spot. I was kind of I've got a couple spots where I'm I'm not zero shares zero cares. I was low cares, but I had a couple spots where I was hoping he would make a return uh, for a stretch run for my team, and and that has been cratered. So I guess you look to you know Callaway, who's been okay, but really, uh, well, let's just go here because we were going to go elsewhere. But this just leads to Taysom Hill for me because. I don't know if he's going to be healthy. I know Trevor Simeon went out there and won a game, and, and good for him. Uh, by the way, <laughs> hold on, I got it right here. By the way, uh, these are the players who won a football game as a starting quarterback this past week. Uh, the aforementioned, well, I suppose he wasn't starting, Trevor Simeon, but Trevor Simeon, Cooper Rush, P.J. Walker, Geno Smith, and Mike White. Welcome. To your just 2021. Like we, just yeah. like we all drew it up in the beginning of the season. I can't believe we're at this movement. Oh my crazy football's will be here. Unbelievable. So uh, but now we're gonna get Taysom Hill uh, as as they say, uh, let this kid get a chance. Oh, wait, what? He's 31? Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so Taysom Hill is gonna be out there. I I'm of the opinion, tell me what you think of this, that there's a there's a, a top five fantasy quarterback ceiling for Taysom Hill rest of season. I'm not saying he's going to get there, but that's a ceiling, and it's real because of the way they're going to play. If they play him 90 95% of the snaps, man, it's going to be hard for him to not be top 10. Oh, easily. I mean, we saw it last year. We saw what happens. You know, like we saw it last year. When he's the starter, he's rushing. He rushes. And also, towards there were games last year where he finally, you know, remembered, hey, Alvin Kamara's here, and he's through to Kamara, you know. So, Kamara's a big games, but in terms of – I know that's the problem is obviously he's more of a Russian quarterback, but and that's why I don't like any of the receivers. I don't like the receivers to begin with, but I right. absolutely don't like them here. Like Taysom Hill is good for Taysom Hill and okay for Alvin Kamara. And I think he might actually be okay for Mark Ingram, right? We know about yeah. rushing QBs are, you know, good for their running backs in terms of rushing. So I think right. Mark Ingram, he can he look he looked good last week. I was like, okay, even though he had limited work, I was like, he fit right in. Like, you know, like Okay, I see Mark Ingram. So if you have Mark Ingram, he could, he's a flex-worthy option, right? If especially you have a multiple flexes, whatever, I have no problem flexing Mark Ingram if I have to, especially with all these bye weeks. But I think Mark Ingram, Taysom Hill, and Alvin Kamara are the only Saints that I would want to play. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, you really don't want to have to be digging into the tight ends or anything else. But there'll be some int- – the thing with Taysom Hill, it'll be a completely different offense – 
and it is not great for Kamara, who makes his money with the with the targets, especially now with Ingram there. It can be okay, as you point out. There were a few games where it was like obviously it was really good, but you know by and large it can be it can be a little bit difficult for for Kamara to get it going when you know uh, Taysom's taking the goal line runs. So just just kind of an interesting interesting thought there. So. You're just sort of you're not doing anything but hanging on to Kamara, hoping and praying. That's all you're doing, and, and uh, everything else is kind of garbage there. Uh, qu- quarterback, hello, the vaccinated, unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> what is going on? I mean, someone gave him some mushrooms when he was in Hawaii, and he thought that was the vaccine. When he when he <laughs> when he sobered up. He realized it wasn't. It's a total misunderstanding. He wasn't lying about being vaccinated. Just, just a misunderstanding. Am I right? I, I, I'm, I'm wondering about the consequences, right? Because I think, and again, I don't yeah. know all the details. But I saw like some, you know, he, he's been following unvaccinated protocols because everyone. Sorry, yeah, vaccinated protocols because everyone thought that he was vaccinated, and then again, everyone, and then obviously he the immunized or whatever he thought, and I guess. I don't know the details. I don't know what's going to come from it. I don't know about penalties, but clearly, I maybe it might be a bigger game. Hopefully, it's just a one-game thing. And one, I'm mad we're getting robbed of Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Apparently, it's the first time they're facing off. So I'm extremely frustrated that we're missing that, for one. But also, I'm wondering, are there long-term consequences in terms of this, obviously, this season? Like, is this a multiple-week thing? It's like, hey, you know— you're, I don't know if it's gonna a fine or whatever, right? This is very unprecedented. Uh, you know, someone lying about this whole thing or getting something fake. I don't know, but clearly it's a surprise. Uh, we'll see what Jordan Love can do. I think look, he has a very easy matchup. It was, the fact that he's starting right. against like, the worst defense ever, and it should be a shootout. So I, I'm confidently starting Devontae Adams. I, I mean, Aaron Jones. Alan Lazard, I, I was going to play him with Aaron Rodgers, but Alan Lazard, I think, look, if you're hoping for a high-scoring game, you're, I'm thinking they're going to be playing catch-up because, you know, again, it should be a shootout. Even though the defense, you know, the Packers defense is legit, but Patrick Mahomes, as long as he's not throwing interceptions, I'm assuming they're going to have to play catch-up against the Chiefs. So we'll see. Uh, I, I think he'll be fine. Like, if I have him in... If I have him in a super flex league, I'd play Jordan Love because, again, you're just hoping for game script is going to work in his favor. Yeah, the DFS tournament play oh, yeah. is, is the Chiefs' defense. And, by the oh, way, yeah. or Jordan Love, right? Like yeah. Because, I mean, there'll be a lot of people playing Jordan Love, actually. I think that he'll be high ownership because he's going to be cheap. So there'll be guys trying to get Jordan Love at whatever he is. I, I didn't look, but Min, basically, pretty close to Min – and and then everything else around him. So there's, there'll be some lineups like that. Um, I wonder how many people will be playing the Chiefs defense because they're so hard to trust. And the Packers might be getting Bakhtiari back this week, and they have the two-headed monster. I thought that it was very interesting. I felt like they were kind of just riding Dylan to, to just preserve um, Aaron Jones a bit for some higher leverage plays. And you know what? kind of smart because I think they were like they they ran the ball 31 times together it was like 16 15 last week that's fine I mean as long as Aaron Jones gets somewhere in the 15 to 18 carries that's that's a ton that's great because if he's going to get you know five plus targets then that's utopia there we go and then let you know uh just you'd rather see the the goal line be going to Aaron Jones if you're an Aaron Jones guy but this this Chiefs defense 
I, look, everybody knows I'm not too much of a Jordan Love fan. We'll see if he's progressed since his time at Utah State where he was just comfortably throwing picks uh, all day long. So you can't do that in the NFL and and and, and even on a shitty defense uh, against the Chiefs. Got to be careful with the ball. So we'll see what his ball security looks like and whether or not he's able to keep it out of the red team's hands, you know? Oh, no, absolutely. And what's funny is that, look, if on the goal line, they should really, even though I want Aaron Jones to be the goal line back, they should really use A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Like, he's huge. There's a reason <laughs> yeah. you got him. Like, if he's literally built to be a short yardage goal line back. So, yes. And any time, and that's why you, if you ever see him struggling, like, you, sh- you should always just give him the ball. Give him the ball I, I, in terms of, like, a football strategy, right? Me as Aaron Jones, you know, owner, I want you to give it to Aaron Jones. But right. I don't know. I mean, like, he might be a solid play. You know, again, he could be a flex play. He might get the opportunities like you mentioned last week. He saw a lot of work. Maybe gets a lot of work this week. I think they might run the ball more because it's Jones, Jordan's first start. So they might run the ball more with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to make him more comfortable. And Maybe you see him use play action. Well, who knows? But – yeah. He might not be a he might be a decent play too. Yeah, and I mean on the on the other side of the football, man, it is just I mean, I've never seen anything like this Chiefs team just sort of uh completely reverting back to mediocrity. And, you know, a lot of this rides on Mahomes' shoulders in terms of, you know, he needs to learn how to play different when the games are different. And yeah, you know, that was one thing that, you know. Brady did so well. I mean, being a Patriots fan, just sort of watching him. There were there were games he would just, you know, he, well, people called him a game manager, right? People called him a game manager. He would game manage his way all the way to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I don't give a shit what you call it what you want. Dude was a winner, and and a lot of times it just took that. You know, he knew what he had. He had a defense. He had this, and so I think a little bit right now, um, you know, Mahomes needs to learn how to play differently in different game situations. He's really a very aggressive player, and that suited him so well, literally for his entire life. That now, when it's kind of a lot of danger throws, he's just gotta he's gotta figure it out. I'm not telling him what to do; he's just gotta figure it out. And uh, I, I have a, I'm very confident he will. I'm just not sure if he figures it out enough in time this year for his team to get where he needs to go, and that would be to the Super Bowl. That's basically what they are. So I think they'll make the playoffs. But boy, oh boy, that team seems fatally flawed this year. What do you think? Yeah, so the thing about Patrick Mahomes, right, is that he literally does everything. He does so many things you're not supposed to do as a quarterback, right? His fu- He says, you know, look, he says fuck fundamentals, right? That's what right. he does. He does side throws. You know, he does everything. You know, balance, you know, one leg, you know, side throws, you know, across the field, like no look passes, like everything you shouldn't be doing as a quarterback He's done and it's worked for him in the past and we've given him an excuse because he's Patrick Mahomes and he's those have worked for him and he's been great. If any other quarterback did that, their coach would probably bench him like, what the hell are you doing? But he's gotten away with it because he's, again, been successful. He's been special. And you're right. It's obviously got him in trouble. It's not working anymore. And now more pressure's on him because... His defense last year wasn't great, but this defense this year is really bad. So yep. now you need to... You need it's look, it's on you, right? Unfair, fair and unfair, it's on you, right? You need to score a bunch more points because you know that the opposition is going to score on your defense. So you're gonna have to just score more than opposition does, right? And then that's about being smart. And then you and I feel like you don't even have to do that many crazy plays. Like your offensive line isn't 
horrible. It wasn't as bad as it was last year in some ways. And then you have yeah. your weapons, right? So you have weapons. And just be smart. Like, last game – and then the fact that also, the, you know, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy me, like, they just don't like to run the ball. But I'm like, you should probably run the ball, right? And then when you had – and last week, they we saw more of that. And then, you know, I think things flowed a little bit better. Where you just – you have running backs for a reason. Run the ball. And, you know, he was dumping it off to Daryl Williams a lot. And it was effective. You, and I for some reason – and. Habit, habits are hard to break. So, yes. you know, it might take a couple games for him to start doing that. But if the Chiefs are going to, you know, win against real competition, again, like, again, he's lucky he's getting Jordan Love, but they still might lose. They still yes. might lose to the Packers and they get the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I don't see them beating the Dallas Cowboys. And again, unless Patrick Mahomes outscores them somehow. But the problem is the Dallas Cowboys offense is, I don't know if that strategy is going to work against Dallas. That's and right. Again, they're, they're good enough to beat bad teams or maybe mediocre teams, but it's the good teams that I haven't think the Chiefs are going to struggle and they have struggled with this season. But I just don't see them making a Super Bowl run with what they're doing right now. Yeah, even if even if Dallas plays their backup quarterback, what's his name? Uh, Dak Prescott. Oh, oh, did, oh ah, yeah, see what I did see, there. Yeah, see what I, I did see. there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <you> got me. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's 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 true. But you know, I think there's a symbiosis. You know, we ta- I just talked about Brady. I referenced Tom Brady, but if it, you know who was who was game planning for those games was Bill Belichick and. You know, I think he was always, what kind of game do we have to play? You know, and I think it's understanding the type of game that you have to play in order to win. And, you know, Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes hasn't had to do anything but what they want to do every single time. They just come out and do their thing, and it's worked. So why would they start game planning, you know, differently each week for, you know, maybe we should run more. All these things that, you know, you and I are novice. Obviously, we're not in the level of – Coach Andy Reid or Bill Belichick, but I think we saw more sort of. I, I just remember there'd be games that we'd come out as as, as a Patriots fan. We'd in all game it would be like three tight ends and a fullback running the ball. We'd be like running power eye, you know. I'd be like, <laughs> and we and we'd win, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. did that against the the Colts that one time where like Jonas Gray ran for like four hundred and ninety two yards. It was just like you know that was a passing game. That was a passing team, and they just came out and ran it all day. And I, it's just game planning to your opponent's weakness every week was what they did and 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 Tom Brady sort of, you know, ran that ship. And this this is a totally different team, but I think they have to start thinking a little bit more like that because they've got to figure out a way to to really scheme each game because I, I you know I said it last week like Tennessee was just the ends were just rushing, the corners were just covering. They did, they were not thinking about the run at all. They were like, "Oh, he ran great. Sweet. Daryl Williams for four. They dared them to run. They like literally yes. obviously from like please run because we're not going and again, that was the best defense. And I don't know what's going on with Travis Kelsey. Either something's going on with Travis Kelsey or the Titans figured out the best defense to defend him because obviously it was they were excellent. They were excellent at defending Travis Kelsey, but I don't know if it was a Titans thing, a Travis Kelsey thing, or both. Well, you saw the pictures of Travis Kelsey preseason. I think someone killed Travis Kelsey, and that's just some <laughs> dude that looks like Travis Kelsey. That's my theory. 
Oh, look, man, he, he's definitely not, obviously not the same Travis Kelsey as he was. Like we we were expecting this hill, you know, he couldn't do this forever, but we might have finally reached it. Yeah, uh, I'm maybe. hoping not. I'm hoping not. I'm crossing my fingers. That's not the case. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know I've got a couple of tight end premium uh, championship teams that are like, you know, it's got Kelsey and Waller, and I'm just like. Come on, one more year, just one more year. Of this like you know they they score eighty between them in one game. And you're like, there it is, you know. So you you know, so yeah. I mean, he's that guy that that can that can. You know, we called him on this podcast. We called Travis Kelsey the fantasy football MVP from last year. In other words, if you were holding that chip, you probably got a ship. So mm-hmm. um, you know, speaking of fantasy football MVPs, we got to pour one out for our boy King Derek Henry. My goodness, man, Troy, I was rolling. Let me tell you, I was rolling zero shares, zero cares with Derrick Henry, just marveling at him as a football fan. And then I made a trade. I made a trade. I traded for him two weeks ago in my listener league for my first share. I'm going to ride him to a championship. I got CMC. He'll get healthy. I'll ride Derrick Henry. Then I'll have him. But oh, see what, what happened was, you feel me? Man, I feel you, bro. And it's like, I only have one team with Derrick Henry on it. And obviously, it's not going so well right now. And, it, and I'm second. I'm second in the league right now. I'm obviously a competitor. I'm second and like it happened. I was like, uh, you know, it, it's rough. You know, it's a big money league. So I was like, uh, that was a big blow. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I my, my team could still rally. I'm going to have to make some moves, you know, start sit decisions. But clearly, look, he was obviously helping carry my team. And you can't replace him, right? The Titans... But they're going to have to complete. And just like you were saying about how the Chiefs got to change their strategy, clearly the Titans are going to have to do the same thing because right. they can't. They're obviously not going to use Jerry McNichols or Adrian Peterson the same way that you use Derrick Henry. You just no. can't. So no. they're probably going to be. But you have Julio Jones and AJ Brown, so you could just be more pass heavy, and you can be competitive. You can still win. You're not going to be as effective, and maybe you're not going to make a deep playoff run anymore. We'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see how they adapt, but. It's clearly look. It's he's a huge blow, and and it's funny. But now I'm getting offers. I remember I just got an offer for <laughs> it was terrible. It was Jeremy Nichols and Tony Pollard for my Derrick Henry, right? Get so the it's hell just, out of here, it, it, exactly, right? So like disrespectful, right? And I'm just thinking <laughs> myself like, I, and I think myself like, I don't know who you think you're dealing with, but. Uh, I, I, I'm not gonna like. I, I would never do that. Like you know, people. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Like maybe they thought I just started playing fantasy yesterday. I, I don't know. But it, it was some disrespectful stuff when I saw that, and I'm just, you know obviously I rejected it. But like you just hold them and look right. Like hold them and again, don't sell them because unless you're gonna get a crazy offer. But just like you said, it's hard to sell injured players because again that that's when their value is the lowest so just hold them wait till next year and win chips with them or you know make a playoff run hopefully that is available to us uh those of us who are holding derrick henry we can make that run for next year um yeah i i tend to think like now now what the hell do you do with them and and you're right you can't really sell them um so i think you got to kind of ride through it i mean it is one of those things where if you can if you can maybe make the the correct offer, you can maybe make something happen. You know, I, I would I would try and offer something a little bit more aggressive, like to to a, to an owner who lost that type of uh, asset, maybe a Khalil Herbert 
Elijah Mitchell. I'm not saying they're, you know, somewhere in there, maybe, I don't know. You know, maybe all of a sudden now you go, wait a minute, Elijah Mitchell, he could be really good. You know, you start to, now it's at least close. I mean, now you're at least thinking, but yeah, I mean, the Tony Pollard is like, well, you know, that doesn't necessarily move the needle for me. I'm not sure if he'll ever be, you know, what I need him to be. And then, you know, um, Jeremy McNichols, I mean, who I mean, who even knows if he's gonna be the uh, you know, he'll be 20? the pass catcher, he'll be the, he'll he'll catch passes, but it's like, and it's gonna be, yeah. he's a fine flex play in PPR, but maybe, I'm sorry, like, maybe, right? He's, maybe he's, he's, he been, is. he's been he's been decent, he's been decent, but it's like, yeah. again, just oh, that offer offended me, yeah, yeah I was so offended, <laughs> yeah, don't 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 do it, um, don't don't do it, so. I tweeted and I'm so happy. You know, I'm I everybody knows I'm an AFC East guy, a Patriots guy, you know, and but I'm going to show some grace here. I'm going to show some grace. And I felt like I showed some grace with this tweet. I am so happy that Jets fans have finally found their franchise quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just good to see. You know, it's just good to see, you know, you invest that 5th round pick in him or whatever they did, you know, like bottom off the the heap and Mike White finally they've got a franchise quarterback. Congratulations Jets. Congratulations. <laughs> we, I let's talk about Mr. White for a second, right? So <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about Zach Wilson and Mike White cuz obviously Zach Wilson has looked in the preseason I actually made a tweet, right? I, I'm, I wish I could take that tweet back because I was like, maybe <laughs> I was too, in there. We've all been like, there. Because I was like, maybe I was – because I was never a Zach Wilson fan. And then after the preseason, I'm like, you know what? He's showing me a little something. Maybe yeah. I was wrong. And clearly he's been absolutely horrible. But the problem was I was thinking to myself, you know, he's a rookie. I was cutting him some slack. And then what I, I saw Mike White look like Broadway Joe (laughs) on Sunday. So I'm like, wait a second. If this dude who's been a vet, who's never played an NFL season game, he's been, you know, he's a three-year vet, and he's going to throw for 400 yards and, again, beat the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. And Zach Wilson throws like 10 interceptions a game. Again, you know, he's a rookie. I'm not not trying to say he's a bust, but it obviously does not look very good when – this dude in the same offense runs it so efficiently. He just made smart decisions. Yeah, he threw a couple picks, whatever. Again, two picks, but what he did, he made very good throws. He made good decisions most of the game, and he looked better than any game that Zach Wilson did, you know, all season. And this is the guy you took number two overall. Yeah. So it's, I like him. I mean, you know, I wouldn't rush Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson could get comfy, right? So I think he could get comfy, just let him rest. You know, he doesn't need to be rushed back. But I was very, very impressed by what I – I mean, everyone was impressed. And, look, I, I'd play him. I mean, I, I he's a streamer. Like, he's a solid – again, this dude, that I never heard of him until he played. But he's a solid streamer now after what we've seen. You know, I, 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 I somehow was – can always find a way that I was wrong. And here's the way I was wrong. I said that uh, – the Jets made a big mistake because with this with this rookie quarterback, they don't have a single backup, you know, of any of any note. I was wrong. They got Mike White, dude. I was way wrong about that. This dude, I mean, I was just completely impressed. I mean, you know, just to go back and and look at Mr. Mike White, you know, he played at South Florida as a freshman and a sophomore and was abjectly awful, like just awful. 
And so he had to transfer. He transfers to Western Kentucky, sits out a year. And then as a fourth-year junior, fifth-year senior, he's pretty damn good. Like, he was really good. 65 66% completion percentage. Had one season over 10 yards per attempt. Like, 37 and 7 one year and 26 and 8 the other year like touchdown interception I mean dude was dude was good now again he played at Western Kentucky I don't even know who the hell they play but it's probably not very good but you know who else doesn't play anything BYU last year when when Zach Wilson lit it up cuz he also was not all that good his first two seasons as a freshman and a sophomore and then lit it up his junior year and came out so I don't know that they're that much different as prospects. I mean, the one thing that uh, Zach Wilson has that Mike White does not have is a howitzer missile attached to his right arm. <laughs> that's yeah. true. He's got the, the – and, and that's why he goes first round. This guy goes fifth round because that's why Brady goes in the sixth round. You know, That's why Mac Jones goes 15th. You know, you redo this draft. I was just thinking about this. I'll just bring it up here real quick. What are the chances – that if you had the first pick, you would even can you would it would be basically Lawrence or Mac Jones right now. Don't you agree? I mean, Mac Jones. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't want to take him number one, but he's. It would still be Lawrence for me. But man, Mac Jones has been okay. Impressive. Now at number two, look, look two, yeah, two, three. I think two. Yeah, I think two. I, mean, I, I, I want to see. I, I want to see what Trey Lance. I feel like we haven't seen Trey Lance. I love Trey Lance. I'm just saying, like, if it happened right now, you had to draft with the oh, yeah, right now. Right now, I would take Mac Jones too. I mean, it's I really take- tough, you know. Like, so all these teams, 14 teams or 13 teams, if you take away Jacksonville, who didn't take them, like, you don't think Detroit might like to? Ha- I mean, I know they got Penny Sewell. I think it's a great pick, but you know, whomever. I mean, all these teams would be. Of course, I'm sure in some of these situations he'd be awful. But I, you know what situation? You know what's crazy? You know the situation he probably would have been completely dope in San Francisco. I was gonna say like all the rumors, everyone clowned him. I, me myself included, I was hard on the rumors about Mac Jones. And again, like he was, but he has looked. He hasn't looked like a rookie. He's been poised. And again, like they obviously lost his first game against the Dolphins. And but he's every single game he's making smart decisions, and then people were getting on him about oh he doesn't throw downfield. Who cares? Who cares? Doesn't throw downfield. He's doing what he needs to do to help move the offense to help win games. That's all. You don't need. Not every QB has to be Patrick Mahomes. Right. The QB's job is to help move the offense down the field and put them in scoring position. That's well, and not turn the ball over. <laughs> and in all fairness, you know who Patrick Mahomes throws the ball downfield to. Tyreek Hill, who's exactly. a downfield fucking player. Name the downfield target that you'd like your team to have from the New England Patriots. Go ahead. I'll give you as long as you want. There is not one fucking player on that squad that you're like, wish we had him. It's Nikhil Harry, Nelson Aguilar, come on, Kendrick Bourne, and Jacoby Myers. None of those dudes are downfield weapons. Not a single still, one. Wait, I still want to know, and that's also very head-scratching, I still don't understand why y'all paid so much money for Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. I don't understand. Like, y'all could have, <laughs> instead of splitting in money between those two, you could figure out a way to, you know, maybe – Go after a you know a better receiver like I do I don't I didn't understand that, that yeah but, I think it's the yeah. years uh, the the Bourne deal is actually like a one year deal like they're they're not tied to him after one year and and the Aguilar deal is really a two year deal I mean it's 
there is a longer term, but they're able to get out a little earlier. Whereas, you know, and I'm not saying it should have been Galladay. He was probably the only one, maybe Juju, but you know, Galladay is they're They're tied to him for three years. You know, they're not getting out in two years. So that's kind of the situation there. I think was more of a, these are glorified one year deals in in a lot of ways. Like they're, they had the cap space this year, uh, they knew they would have cap room next year, and they wanted to preserve that, I, I believe, because I think they also had said, hey, if we're going to be successful, it's going to be because Mac Jones is in year two of you know his sort of ascension on a rookie deal, a, a mid-round rookie deal, by the way, too. That, that, that mid-first is not mm-hmm. even that expensive. And then we have all the cap space. The cap goes up. Then we can get into free agency when everybody else is maybe a little bit more tapped. And I think that's why they did it. Already have the tight ends. Let's just go get some weapons and off we go. So that's my reading of the Silva leaves there. But um, but I agree. I was not excited at all when they signed Aguilar and Bourne as just a pure fan. But, you know, once I re- read read it a little bit more, I kind of understand it, even though I don't like it. I like Hunter Henry for you guys. Hunter Henry, yeah. was he's always performed well. Jonu, he's been up and down. But I was easy. He's he's been he's been great. Look, he's good for blocking. You know, tight yeah. end. You need you, he's great for blocking. But Hunter Henry has been probably your best signing out of all of them. Hunter Henry is probably the best one. Yeah, I mean they're winning, and 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 you know you mentioned that first game. The 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 uh, well, we're here. Here we are talking about my Patriots. Sorry, I just curved it right to it. Nah, but that's that, fine. That, we can talk about them. That first game when they 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 uh, they were going in to win. I mean Mac Jones. Yeah, won that game, but I mean, he didn't lose that game. He they they were going in to score. Damian Harris fumbles on the goal line, and they don't win. So I mean, that I mean, thank God that happened. Eh? Otherwise, your Miami Dolphins would be zero and eight. My oh, God, yes. I mean, jeez Louise, what a painful situation we're going to get to in a moment. But back to my <laughs> Patriots, real quick before the before the despair. I'm not going to pile on your Dolphins. I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna be there with you. I'm a, I'm gonna be a brother first before I'm a fan. Okay, I'm well, a, I appreciate I'm, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a few jabs and uh, whatnot, but uh, well otherwise, that's a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was like you know that Patriots team could very well be five and three. They. I mean, they had the Bucks beat. They they hit a, they kicked a field goal where I thought I would have gone for it. But if the field goal goes through, they're up, you know, late in that game with 40 seconds left. So I mean, they've been in a few games where they could have won the the, the Cowboy game. God dang, that was one of the games of the year. You know, the 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 pick six, then the then the 75 yard touchdown pass to take the lead. Like that game was bonkers. Again, uh, Bill doesn't go for it on fourth down in overtime when. You just have to because you know that the Cowboys are going to go score on your ass. So, like, it was just so close to being, like, you know, a much better record with this Patriots team. They go into L.A. They beat a good Charger team. And, uh, yeah, I think this 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 Patriots team is frisky at the very least. And if if Jones can play well, they I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I really wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs either. Yeah, I mean, it's – it, it's been your defense, right? So obviously last year, most of your defense opted out. So right. you guys weren't good last year. But obviously from two years ago, it's looking like it. Like that's your strength, right? You've been yeah. winning games because of your defense. Your defense puts you guys in the good positions. And Mac Jones just has to not suck. Pretty much that's all he does do. As long as Mac Jones not doesn't suck, then you guys are going to, yeah, you wouldn't want to see the Patriots in the playoffs, right? And then, Again, in the beginning of the season, I was like, there's no way. And because I thought the Dolphins were going to do it. But I guess we're going to talk about them in a second. But yeah, we can yeah, go right there, man. Let's okay, let, let, let's talk about them. All right. I so. mean, you, you deserve, and this is a good place to do it because yeah. 
it's long form, man. I ain't going to cut you off. And you got a lot of fucking things to be complaining about over there. Yeah. I'll start this way because I think this is interesting. A lot of, lot of talk. So um, uh, Flores always comes out uh, to start the, the, what do you call it, the post-game presser. And after this last game, he didn't. He was like, he took an hour in the locker room, came out last or some shit like that. And then they asked him, are you worried about job security? And he said no. And let me ask you this. Are you worried about his job security? And 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 if so or not, whatever, would you would his job security be in danger if they, if you were the owner or GM or, or in charge? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, you can't lose seven games in a row and be okay. Right. Sure. And let's 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 start from the beginning, right? So obviously I was optimistic after we beat the Patriots in Foxborough, right? That we don't do that that often. So I, you know, I was I was excited. Going into the season, I thought we were going to be a wild card team, right? I feel like, you know, our defense was solid enough. Our offensive line was going to be an issue, but I believe that we had, you know, Fuller, Parker, Waddle, we had the, and Kasiki, we had the weapons to overcome it, you know, just another year in offense for Tua. And, you know, obviously Tua got hurt and derailed some things and he came back and we lost two. We lost two late games against Jacksonville and Atlanta, right? So we could have been, you know, we could have won three games, but, you know, it came down to the wire. But, again, they were both horrible defenses, right? We, we should have won those games. And, obviously, the Deshaun Watson thing has been a complete mess. Oh, they're talking to him. They're not talking to him. Two is in the middle trying to be – trying to play games. And, obviously, you know, all this drama is going on. And then we ultimately didn't end up trading for Deshaun Watson. And, yeah, if we had – obviously, Deshaun Watson – is a better quarterback than Tua. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that. But with all the drama, obviously, it's just the fact that this was even a thing was frustrating, right? There's too much toxicity, and it's been unfair to Tua. But again, the offensive line, and then we, we can go all the way back to the draft, right? So we had what? Well, we were number three, and then we traded back to 12 brilliantly we, by the way brilliantly no it was it was ex- 12 that was an excellent pick the that, just stay right there exactly when that happened i was excited if we just stayed right there that would have been fine that would have been okay because we had the other draft picks and then we traded all the way back up to six so, and, and I remember just just yeah. to cut you off because I got to talk about that. No problem. When when they tra- traded from twelve to six, right? So like, if you're in a dynasty draft, that means that you have one, two, three, four, five, six dudes that you would be willing to trade up for because you don't know who the fuck's going to get picked. Yeah. So that means you have to game out the first five picks and go, okay, what if this? What if this? What if this? So you ha- you can't have four players that you like. You must have to. Ha- I mean, you know. So it's like, what the fuck were they doing? Because. I feel like the one player that they should have been excited fell to them, fell to them, and they still didn't take his ass. It's uh, – And Penny Suell, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like you know, I, I mean, Jamar – okay, so it's like you got the quarterbacks going up top. You know that's going to be one, two, three quarterback. And then it's like, okay, Pitts, Chase, Sewell. Sewell. They, that, right? was, that was the same thing. Pitts, right? Chase, Sewell. And then like we – and obviously, you know, Bengals took Chase – and then obviously, you know, Atlanta took pitch. But the thing is, we, sh- we should have just stayed at three. We should have just stayed at three, and we could have taken either one of those three. And they would have been fine, right? In the retrospect. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I'm saying we, the Dolphins should have stayed with number three and not taking a quarterback. But we could have taken Sewell at three. We took Chase at three. Obviously, we see what Chase is doing. I think going to 12 would have been great because you could have just had Rashawn Slater, too. That's the thing. Like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I love the move yeah. back. 
because you don't yeah. want the quarterback. You don't need the quarterback. The quarterback slotting into the, to three. Someone's going to pay you for it. Turns out it's uh it's it's San Francisco. I love that trade. Stay at twelve because here's the thing. Here's the here's the here's the ripple effect. If they had stayed at twelve, they would still have enough draft capital to in to entice the the Watson trade. Now they lose that extra first round pick that they got. So it makes it harder for them to acquire Deshaun Watson. So it's a double whammy because as good as Waddle is, and he's a fine little player, he's not worth two first. He's, that's not what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, no, no. And, and you and I are in agreement. I was saying yeah. how like 12 was the best spot to stay. But my whole thing is like instead of you might as well have stayed at three instead of going to 12 and then yes. going back to six. That yes, was yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that, that was my whole thing. But then like, yes. yeah, then. I'm a Jalen Wild fan. He has performed well, and it's not he's doing all that he can. He's performed well given yeah. the circumstance. But the problem is he he's not a game changer. I feel right. like he, and that's the issue, right? He's he's good. He's been fine, but he's obviously not Chase. He's not Pitts. He's not Sewell, and that's what's been frustrating. So you already botched that up, and yeah. it's just <laughs> you botched that up. You've lost seven games in a row, and then. Again, the whole point is we want to be competitive. We were supposed to be at least the second best team in the AFC East, and now we're clearly we're fighting for the Jets. You know, we're, we're you know we're worse than the Jets. I think yeah. we're worse than the Jets at this point, right? But I think no, I think if the Jets and Dolphins play, we'd be better than the Jets. Again, that's not, not saying much. It's a little unfair now that they were they were able to steal Mike White like that. That's oh kind of should be looked at in the, by the league offices. But other <laughs> than that, before they were able to make that ridiculous move, then you were better than the Jets. But since then. Totally but, not. but now I just think you just got to clean – you got to have the clean house because, again, I I believe in Brian Flores. I believe in Chris Greer, you know, in terms of most of the decisions that they made. But now it's at a point where you can't lose – We there was big expectations this season. So the fact you go from big expectations, yeah, you, two was out for what, two, three games, whatever it was, but still you shouldn't be this bad. And that's the problem. And then, like, the offensive line is just atrocious. Like, that needs to be completely revamped. Before yeah. anything else – we're not going to do anything unless that offensive line's fixed. And the problem is that's also unfair to Tua. Like, what Tua's done these past few weeks, again, he's been one of the best fantasy QBs out there. He's performed. Yeah, he's made some rookie mistakes. But overall, if you just look at his stats, his completion rate, his yardage, like, he looks good. And again, given his horrible offensive line, like, if you just watch some tape, like, they're not doing him any favors. They can't run the ball. You know, again, I love Gaskin, but... He's been a disappointment, right, from where you've taken him. And, and again, that's another thing. I thought we should have gotten a running back. And then, you know, there was rumors of, oh, Denver traded up because they thought we were going to take him. And, again, I wish – if we had Javante – because I wanted – because my – I was saying all offseason, if we don't take Najee in the first – I I didn't really want to take Najee in the first. I'm like, we could get Javante in the second. And we almost had him. And, obviously, it didn't work out. Sewell and Javante would have been a a, a fine start. That would have been amazing. Or or stay at 12 and have Rashawn Slater. Either of them would have been perfectly (laughs) – You know, and a future first and Javante. You know, it's funny because, you know, you mentioned you had faith in them. There was was a lot to be faithful in when they were making all these moves. And even the move from 3 to 12 when they they get two extra firsts or whatever, I was like, what a brilliant – trade that is and i was like what the fuck they go to six for and i remember thinking i was like what and then i started counting i'm like well i guess it's the pitts chase sewell thing but i go 
I don't know if I would do that because you don't know which one it'll be. What if it's Pitts? Do you really want Pitts? You already have not that Gusecki, he's not better than Gusecki. Of course he is, but you know, I was like, you kind of don't really need that. I mean, are they sure? Maybe they're sure that Sewell will be there. I'm like, because they really need offensive line. They don't, I mean, as much as they need wide receivers, I don't think Chase is going to be there. And there's, and I remember thinking, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle aren't worth that. So that's fucking stupid. I remember just playing it out in my head going, what is their plan? Maybe they're going to trade it again for another quarterback hungry team. Maybe they've got word that, you know, it's going to go that whatever. Sense. <laughs> like a lot of things were run through my mind. Maybe, so, you know, Detroit's going to try and trade up for that pick because they want fields. I was like, what is the intel, intel that's getting them to this process play? Jalen Waddle was never the fucking process play. That's just, it's not it about the player. It's about the process of what you're doing with your assets. He's not worth that pick plus another first round pick. He is not. He's Jamar not. Chase might be. And the thing is, I was, I was when we did that, I was like, I was optimistic because I was a big Waddle fan, but like I, I was had mixed emotions. Right, I'm like, okay, I'm excited. Yeah, this sexy pick, Jalen Waddle is very talented. He could do a lot of things. I, I had mixed emotions. Right, I didn't love it, but at the same time, like he, he could, he, we, the offense could use a yak monster. And again, he's been. He's been good, and the problem is he's been good, but he hasn't been Chase. Like when you see what Chase is doing, oh. when you see Slater, and that's the problem. It's like when you compare the two, and that, that's what's frustrating. When you see Pitts, like obviously it's a smaller sample size in terms of being elite, but it's like you can see. And yeah, we didn't need him, but pairing up Pitts and Gasecki, like linebackers, they would be crying. They would have nightmares trying to figure out how you're going to deal with both of them, but. Yeah, that, that's an end of my rant. It's just a mess. We'll see what happens with Tua. He's not going to want to be there. I was going to say, we're not done yet because you have to address yeah. Tua. Tua Tagovailoa, yeah. they pick him over Herbert. Look, that was a defensible a defensible pick. For, oh, yeah, for, for, for Miami <laughs> to have PTSD over that, I'm sorry. Just fucking deal with it. Like I hear this a lot. I don't know if that's true about fans or not. You maybe can answer this, but... It just is. It's just a straight eval on Tua because coming in, everybody was like, "Tua's the tanking for Tua." Uh, it wasn't tanking for fucking Burrow or Herbert. So get it out of your heads. Revisionist history is fucking undefeated. But everybody wanted Tua. He was hurt. Yes, obviously that was the red flag. It made him fall to you. If you pick Tua and he's legendary, everybody's like, "Remember that draft where Tua fell because of his hip?" <laughs> What a bunch of idiots. So nobody fucking knew what was going to happen and that Herbert was all of a sudden going to be this good. So I hate that. You didn't fuck up by taking to it. Yeah, it was the mistake in hindsight. And and maybe others, I'm sure some people had Herbert above them. My nemesis listening right now is fucking nodding his head. But my point is, is that that was an okay process play. The question I have now is, what the fuck are you doing with Tua now? That's the question. Well, I, I'm going to address that. Yeah, because I'm agreeing with you because – even to this day, I'm like, because everyone people saying, oh, my God, you're so stupid. Like, nobody, because if everyone knew that, Herbert would have went number one. 101, right? Of he course. Because everyone keeps saying, oh, we made a mistake. And then he would have gone before Joe Burrow. And I don't care. Like, he would have, because I what he did. But really, yes. nobody knew. Like, nine, nine out of ten people would have taken Tua. I would have taken Tua. And this yeah. part was, and again, we've seen moments. He's never going to be Justin Herbert. No one, like, it's just throw out of the window. But it's fine. I think he, and I think, look, in Dynasty, and that's the problem, is the organization, I the smart thing to do would just keep Tua. And what we should do is to ride out the season with Tua, give him till next year. I don't think we should move on from him because I think it'd be stupid, right? The next year's class coming out, there's no one that's like 
fantastic, right? No. We're talking about 2023 now. Obviously, we got more, you know, prospects. But next year, there's no QB that's standing out that's is going to be, oh, my God, he's clearly better than Tua. There's nobody. So you should might no. as well just keep Tua. They'll figure out a way to improve the offensive line. And that's what you should do. I, I mean, that's really all. And you know, we need to improve the offensive line. Our linebackers, everyone's having freaking career days. If you have a running back, everyone's running all over. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. I, again, scrubs. Scrub, scrubby guys are running all over the Dolphins. So you need to figure yeah. out your linebackers. You need to get your offensive linemen. And then receivers, Devontae Parker's not going to be there. So it's going to be Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller. I don't see him being back. So we're going to need wide receivers again. It's just, it's a mess. But I just don't, it's just stupid because we're not, I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason if we're going to try to get Watson again, which I don't think we should but again it just makes no sense to move on from Tua at this point you in terms of head coaches yeah I mean it, it sucks that he we have to do that but I don't see how I mean I don't, I, do I don't know if they'd trade him within the division but Zach Wilson may be available you might want to oh give the God. Jets yeah. a quick call yeah, I love <laughs> fucking. That was, that was a double torture. That tortured you and Jets fans. That was Dolphins fans. Fuck you, Jets fans. Fuck you. Yeah, that, was, that was really skilled fucking comment right there. God, oh my gosh. But yeah, oh. again, I think I think the Dolphins should ride in season out with Tua. But it's, it's so fresh the whole Watson thing. Yeah. Like, I I want to like make a tweet about that now. What we should do. But like again, it doesn't make any sense to try to draft another quarterback again next year. There's nobody nope. that's going to be significantly better than Tua, so it just makes no sense. I tend to agree with you. I mean, f- you know, look if it's if it's basically you have to give up Tua and not much else. To I mean, obviously it's a first round pick or something like that, but just not a king's ransom on top of Tua to get Watson. You do it in a second. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. You do it and in then, a second, but I yeah. don't know that that's it. I think it's like. We want all these first round picks and sure we'll take two or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? I think that's more how they're taking it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, it'll be the the you know, Tua and Deshaun Watson will face off this week as Houston oh wait, this just in Deshaun Watson not playing. But <laughs> you do play against Houston. Maybe you can find a way to win a game against, you know, a team that probably couldn't beat Alabama. Um, <laughs> but look, I certainly hope so. And this weekend is, you know, Sunday is all going to be about Watson too, or Watson too, yes. the whole time. So I'm hoping Tua is probably going to be like, look, I'm going to beat this damn team. They're going to want to beat that team for sure. We barely beat that team, so I'm, I should be talking trash. Like we beat them like You're 22 right. to 21 or some shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> golly, that, it is not always easy in this league. And and oh, I it's not on the show sheet, but I'll give it to him, Michael P. Duncan. The happiest little Philly fan in the world as the uh, – I hey, I'll eat my – last week, Troy, I sat on the show. I said, you know, I don't know if you heard uh, Nick Sirianni talking about his team, saying they were a budding flower. And, you know, of course, you got Dan Campbell on the other side saying he's going to bite kneecaps and rip people's yeah. you know ligaments off and stuff. <laughs> and so I said, it's got to be that the Detroit Lions are going to kick the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, I'm half trolling. You know, they're always yeah. seven, whatever, you know. But I'm half trolling Michael P. Duncan, my, you know, producer Philadelphia Eagle fan. Well, they won, what was it, like 44 to, you know, negative three. I think that, I don't even know how they scored. It was, it was horrible. Right? <laughs> and and Hurts threw the ball, I think, like 14 times or 15 times. Like, how do you score 44 points with 15 pass attempts? He had nine completions, 44 points. 
and the whole and the whole Kane Gainwell not seeing any work into the fourth quarter was the most bizarre thing in the world. Like, yeah, that hurt, didn't it? And it definitely hurt. I, I did. I only played him in one league, but like, I just don't understand. Like, Boston Scott's a feature back. I don't understand is that like this team couldn't do anything running with Miles Sanders all season, and now you want to run the ball like you know with Boston four Scott, yeah, and four yeah. touchdowns with Jordan Howard, and like, oh, what, none of this could have happened with Miles Sanders. Like, you couldn't figure out a way to do this. I'm like. <laughs> It's just it made absolutely no sense. And again, like I know Scott was getting work with the ones, and I'm sorry, it still should have been Gainwell who was at least our. He should have got more work than just going in the fourth quarter. And then I was obviously Jalen Hurts' worst game because they didn't need to do anything. He didn't have to do anything. It was just not competitive. And then what also didn't make sense is Swift. Didn't we're talking on the subject? Swift sucking didn't make any sense with Jamal William out. Right. I'm like he should have gotten. 20 targets, right? right? Like negative game script, the whole thing. It like played exactly. perfectly for him to just have a volume week and it didn't even get that. It was very, very bizarre game. You couldn't script it any better for Swift and he was <laughs> such a letdown. Like, I'm watching it like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, and then Khalif yeah. Raymond, their wide receiver one, got like zero. He got a big fat zero and TJ Hawkinson had a good game. But yep. uh no, it was a very, very strange uh, outcome. I, I had uh, DeAndre Swift in, uh, let's just say, maybe all of my DFS lineups. I don't even know, man. It was like, I was like, just, I took a lot of hits uh, last week. It was a tough week for the old Dynasty Game Theory uh, collaboration. Uh, Dynasty Game Theory took a couple hits this morning, too. You know, I've been seeing the, uh, the, the, the Cam Akers, you know, Running wind sprints, doing the little drills where you know you put the foot in and out of the little you know box with the strings, and you know jumping back, you know the agility drills and all this shit. You know he's like exploding, and then McVeigh comes out and says, "I think he's going to be back for the playoffs." Like he's like pretty much all fucking better, you know. And I've been saying that that's probably going to happen, and I mean, who knows? He could obviously have a setback. He could, you know. He could. There are a lot of lot of outcomes still to be told. There's no victory lapping here. It's more just this is good news. So I was excited about the good news, and I tweeted today. I said, I, you know, I've been holding or buying Acres all along. I was never buying that the Achilles injuries kill running backs. In other words, specifically running backs, because we've seen it doesn't kill seven foot NBA superstars who need to jump, run, and go all over the place because Kevin Durant is as good as he ever was, over 30 years old. It doesn't kill wide receivers who need to use speed and quickness to get open because Emmanuel Sanders is having a career year at 32 years old. It doesn't actually kill running backs because Marlon Mack is back and uh, Ken A, whatever his name is, the kid for the Minnesota Vikings, he's got drafted and ran a 4-3-8 at the combine or, well, the pro day. It, it, it literally doesn't affect anybody. And so I, I tweet that and the, the famous – Infamous? Is he oh, famous? I, 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 I saw the interaction that y'all had. <laughs> the famous Jesse Morse. I don't. I don't call people out, and he's fine. I don't, and nobody really seems to like him based on the comments. But whatever, he's fine. I, I, he may be a fake doctor. I'm not sure if this is a, a troll account or if he because he's got the lab coat on. Do you know what I mean? So it like looks like he's he's probably a doctor. He, I mean, he must be. Uh, he does have MD, but that could be. There's a lot of things that MD could stand for. Am I right? I don't know that it's always. Medical doctor. I don't really know. You know, it could be a lot of things. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna prognosticate. But he uh, he called me out, so I felt really bad. You know, I got called out by a doctor for saying that the healthy running back Cam Akers, who's running wind sprints, is not going to be healthy at any point ever in the future and will never be good. So 
<sighs> I guess the, uh, the the beach chairs got washed off in the ocean. So I'm I'm done. Pour pour one out for Acres. Forget about it. What do you think? <laughs> I think I think it's going to be fine. I mean, Me I, I, I think like. Is he going to be exactly the what he was before pre-injury? I have no idea. No but idea. I think I think he's going to be I just don't see him being a workhorse. And I think that's the, my concern. It's like, look, if they were if the Rams are smart, you're going the way Daryl Henderson is looked, yeah. he's gonna use both of them. Next you're year hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be yeah, you might as well, right? Like don't give any of them too much work. Like split it yep. 60, 40, whatever. That's your yep. best bet. They both look good. Preserve both of them. Again, you yep. should be – you've been all in this year, and then you should have pretty much the same team next year. So that's probably the way it's going to be. I just don't – I don't know if he's going to be an RB1 with the split. And I think RB2 – he's probably going to be his ceiling. is probably going to be an RB2 going forward. And that's that's okay too. Yeah, I don't know about uh, – obviously if he comes back and he's – I just can't imagine he's going to come back and be dominant this year. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, I've seen Stranger Things – I remember saying Emmanuel Sanders was done because of the Achilles. I remember saying I had the take. That was my take. No chance. Achilles are the are the death knell. Forget about it. All the data that everybody claims to to report. You know, I was this doctor sent me a, a video clip of another doctor talking about uh, these uh, athletes who suffer Achilles injuries, and he and he, he referenced. He was like, the data just says he goes. Uh, it was like something between 20 and 30% of these athletes never get healthy enough to make it back into the league. And I would call bullshit on that because we don't know that at all. We just don't know if they were never good enough to come back in the league. Like 20 to 30% of the league gets cut every fucking week. Like the guys get cut all the time. There's guys who don't make it back into the league who are healthy as an ox. They're not going to play next year. You know, Duke Johnson didn't tear his Achilles. You know, what the fuck? If Duke Johnson tears it, be like, remember Duke Johnson? Couldn't make it. No, <laughs> he fucking can't make it. Like, that's just, <laughs> I wanted Duke Johnson to be good. I could have told the tale. Duke Johnson was one of the best running backs ever. Then, poor Achilles thing. No, he just didn't fucking make it. There's a million guys like this. I don't know if you remember Amir Abdullah finally surfaced again, but like, we all thought he was going to be amazing that first year in Detroit. Y'all Detroit yeah. fans are fucking nodding because he had that one electric play in preseason and he got drafted in like the top 20 in redraft. Oh, I remember this. Oh, he was amazing. There's just a lot of players who have not had Achilles who don't make it, like a lot. So this number is f- fictitious too. It, there's no, there was no health check on him and said, yeah, you know, we'd, ha- we'd have you in the starting lineup and sign you to a multi-million dollar deal. Achilles ain't healthy enough. No, probably a shit bag is what he was. Okay. A lot of shit bags on the NFL level. That's how it goes. So all this nonsense, I, what you said is true. We don't know if he's going to be super healthy, kind of healthy, totally healthy. We also have a small sample size of NFL success. It was pretty fucking good, but a very small sample size. It could be that he's not as good as I think he is. Could be that he's better. I don't know. But what I don't think this day and age and this is why I call his ass out, is I don't think it's the medicine. I don't think it's the the, the structure of the of the Achilles because if it were, O.J. Howard wouldn't be playing. And, you know, uh, doesn't Tyler Conklin have like two fucking cracked Achilles? And I mean, uh, and he's out there playing. I mean, there's just countless examples of this not being the reason why they don't come back. So, yeah, in the in the 70s, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was no fix for it. Now there's a yeah. fix. 
No, I'm, look, I agree. I'm again. I I definitely just sold Acres and Willing. But I'm a rebuilding team, and like I wanted to keep Acres, but like like this person, like they was hoping to get a maybe for the fantasy playoffs, and I'm just like, you know, I got a couple picks from it, and can um can he gain well? And yeah, That's we'll good. see. Yeah, we'll see. And I'm like. I would be buying for a 22 first, especially late. No problem. I would be doing that. No problem. Yeah. I look, I'm a huge Eggers fan. I hope he comes back strong. Time will tell. Yep. Well, I've got the, the alarm bells are going off and there's two reasons. Number one, we got to finish our podcast, which we could do all day. I can feel that. We could just keep going. Just <laughs> give us a name. We'll riff on it. It's a lot of fun, but what we're going to do is that we, we there's a little bit of dynasty in there. There's a lot of just me and you talking about football, which I had a fucking great time. But the other alarm bell is whether or not it's time to panic in dynasty. In real life, I guess they're kind of tied uh, on these quarterbacks because there's a, there's a bunch of quarterbacks that if you're holding, it feels like a hot potato. And obviously in Superflex because mostly all of these, well, not all, but many of these quarterbacks are, are hardly rosterable in a single quarterback 10 or 12 team league. So not in those, but in a super flex league, every quarterback matters. Obviously now Mike White vaults himself right up into the top five conversation with Deshaun Watson and Dak, you know, he's right in there. But other than guys like that, I'm going to ask panic or no panic. You ready? I'm ready. Oh my God. I don't even know where to start. It's a it's a bad list as I look at it. I'll start with 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 the top. We'll just go in order. Carson Wentz, panic or no panic? For dynasty, unless I if I, I guess a little panic because maybe, I maybe you could give me a one to ten too. Like ten is like a lot oh. of panic. One you could do that because that, then maybe it's hard. But you know, over a five, I guess is panic, right? You know, but I'll say he's probably like a. Six seven because off yeah. off of this year is he gonna he's not the franchise quarterback for the Colts so it's like might as well use him this year but after this like he gone you know yeah. that, that's the way I see it like they're not building he's not the future of the Colts people so I would be a little bit worried you just use him while you can I've got a little bit more panic than that maybe a skosh more uh, he looks like a guy that's just not trustworthy. Uh, from coaches and front office folk. And I have a hard time believing he's going to get another shot as that sort of number one guy. Number two, and this one's kind of a sneaky one. If he plays over 75% of the snaps this year, that first round, that that pick becomes a first round pick. If he plays less than 75%, it's a second round pick. They are currently have two wins. Why is he playing i would just sit him until it's impossible for him to play 75 percent of the snaps then his ass would go back in if i'm running that team because two and whatever the hell we are ain't winning the super bowl we our chances to make the playoffs are i don't know 20 percent. they have a shot still but i think i think that's the problem i think they're going to keep playing until they're officially eliminated well i would have that 75 percent whatever day it is that 75 percent would make him go over that day is circled. I've got an alarm set on my iPhone. Like I got a lot of a lot of things attached to that day. Oh, it so is they a, have three wins. They're three wins at. They have three uh, wins. Yeah. yeah. Either way, man, that day is a, a real day in my. You know, it's from the GM. That that day ain't going past with his ass playing. We are not giving up a first round pick for this. It's just not happening. I'll play. I'll play somebody else. I'll just like honestly, 
how much better or worse are you with anybody else? It's it's he's no, not that good. Yeah. Look, their their backups they're probably not playing as good as Carson Wentz, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> I mean, look, of course they're not, but um, but there's other players available. I mean, Gardner Minshew got traded for a sixth round pick. I want to see him get another shot, man. I like Gardner. I mean, he's got to be at least as good yeah, as Carson I Wentz. So. I, I mean, think so. Yeah, I think Mariota's better than Carson Wentz. I'm I'm not saying he's available, but he's you know he's alive. Um, <laughs> he's so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, he exists. It's a real person. Like maybe you could get him. I don't know what you'd have to pay, but it's worth getting your first back, getting Mariota, and giving up a third or fourth rounder in my in my book. I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, Here's one. Oh, let's see how high this one. This one might ring the bell. Sam Darnold. Oh, he's a like nine. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, I try not to. I'm trying. To, I'm trying not to give anybody ten. But man, talk about somebody. Like I think that might be a point. Like PJ Walker, he had to come in for two games. Like uh, I don't know. Like he's like Sam Darnold. One that trade didn't make a lot of sense to me. But again, beginning of the season, I actually had some optimism. He was leading. The yeah. entire league in rushing touchdowns at one point in the <laughs> yeah. season. I'm like, whoa, okay, Sam Donald. A, a league that includes Derrick Henry. That league. Exactly. That yeah. was pretty wild. But look, Sam Darnold's been looking like Sam Darnold the past few weeks. Yeah. I don't see them going into next season with him as a starting QB unless it's like some kind of bridge situation where they drafted somebody and he's like, yeah. you know, the veteran you know, starting the first three games or something like that. But it's it's done. I I just don't see what if you literally have like I mean obviously Christian McCaffrey's not there, but you got all these weapons. You got a decent offensive line. You got the best defense in the league, and y'all not winning more games. I don't know. Yeah, it's not good. And and imagine I mean it would be a ten if PJ Walker were playing like XFL PJ Walker. Then it'd be a ten because but PJ Walker man, wow. I mean I've I roster him in a few dynasty leagues, and I'm like. I feel like he's lightning in a bottle. Like maybe he can just play good for like. I love PJ Walker. <laughs> I, you know, he's like five foot six, but no, whatever. I mean, he's like probably five ten or whatever. But like he's small, but he like he's got a can. He can throw it downfield. I just don't know if he's, you know, built for an NFL game. I I, I just you know who knows. I mean, I, he's, I don't he's know. Not the answer. He, we no. know he's not the answer. <laughs> no, he's not the answer. But I thought he could have been a guy who come in and like high variance like and he's been high variance he's been on the low side of the variance but like i thought he could give you some some ceiling plays where it's like oh shit he just hit robbie anderson for an 80 yard touchdown pass you know none of that shit's happening like none of it so that's kind of anyway we'll see about that oh my god mike white's backup zach wilson how you feeling it's too early i'm not i was i'll give that like a two three like i'm not worried about him at all he's a rookie you know, I, I'm not worried about him at all. He's he's gonna be just fine. Again, he's a second round pick. They're not moving on from him anytime soon. He'll be yeah, fine. Second overall, you said second round, but 100. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. No, second no. Second overall, of course, yeah. you meant that. So of <laughs> course, and it's like, um, you know, I was a little bit. I was probably at least that concerned for him on draft day, just because I'm I'm not so sure about this kid, and and I'm still not. And you know, the 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 Mike White playing so good is. I think it just sort of gives me an opportunity to make fun of Jets fans, which I really appreciate. But I, I don't like know. Making fun of Jets fans too, but yeah, it's fun. Too, so it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. But fuck them. You know, they got this second overall pick. They, they, you know, the whole thing. His mom. Every. It's just delicious. I mean, it couldn't be any better. And you know, now they've got to endure like the emotional feeling of like, like 
wondering if they prefer this Mike White. Like that has to that creeps into the Jets fan psyche now. All you Jets fans know I'm right too. You're listening. It, first of all, you probably already shut it off after the first part where I did this. <laughs> but I mean, if you're a Jet fan and you're still listening, I'll give you a lot of credit. I give you a lot of credit because I'm I'm doing it for you. But um, but seriously, like right now as a Jet fan, you're thinking, wait. Is Mike White better? Is he fucking better? Like, is, is like he so those things? Really good. <laughs> he looks so good, dude. He's so cool. Um, so Zach Wilson still in that you know five six range for me, but that, he was probably four or five before the year. So I mean, I was a little bit worried about that. Uh, Justin Fields, not worried. Same thing. Like two three. Like, as long look, they. I don't know how Matt. Like Matt Nagy's probably the last year. We we saw a little bit last game. Granted, it was against the 49ers defense that wasn't great, but we saw he he had, he had more rushing yards last week than he did like the last three weeks combined, right? Yeah. And it's like we need more of that. Of so the thing is, and the thing is, like that's why I'm not worried, right? Like he's, yeah. he's somebody that you should be honestly buying. Like if anyone's lower on him, uh, you should have bought him during his sucky performances. That's when you should have been trying to buy him. But yeah, I, I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, I totally 100 percent agree. I love. Uh, Justin Fields, um, I sold him in one league that I, you know, maybe I regret a little bit, but not really. I got a lot back. But in any event, uh, he was part of it. was like four players going each way. So it was a big trade. But yeah, seeing him go is kind of like, ouch, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, Justin Fields, I have very, very little doubt. The only doubt I do have is the coaching staff, team structure, you know, uh, Matt Kelly and Evan Silva every year do the team takedown where they take down, you know, uh, they did the Giants with Gettleman. They did the Texans. Uh, they did the Browns years ago. I forget who else. But this past year, they did the Bears and just totally torched the whole the whole franchise. And ironically, after they do that team takedown, which basically shows how their their whole front office is, is nonsense, the coaching staff ownership, it's all just not not good. They somehow make like good moves in getting Justin Fields and even Tevin Jenkins, who's hurt, you know, is a pretty good process play. And you're like, oh, maybe they've turned it around. And really they haven't. You know, they Justin Fields, I think, is good and was a good pick, but I think all the other warts of that franchise, including the head coach, are there and they're not good enough. So hopefully that all changes or at least enough of it changes to allow Fields to grow. But you're right. I watched this that that game. I made a point to watch this game because, you know, watching them play is so torturous. And it was kind of the same thing. It's just Justin Fields was like making these completely off script plays where he's like running. It's like a video game with that kid. He's like running around the whole team, which doesn't happen in the NFL. Like you don't just go around the team. Like usually there's someone fast enough to cut your ass off. He was just running to the corner, to the edge, like to the sideline and then upfield and like getting past dudes. And you're like, that's fucking impressive. He did that on the fourth and one where they like, I believe Every other player in the NFL would have been like sacked except for Lamar Jackson, and he just somehow whirled out of there and like went the opposite direction and scored. Like that play was insane. It was insane. So I'm not too worried. Tied to Justin Fields, Trey Lance. What do you got there? Not worried at all. You know, I feel like most of these rookies I'm not worried about. So he's like two, three. Like, yeah. What I think I was worried about is his usage when he did start. Man, he was taking some hits, and that's why yeah. he was injured. I'm like, the whole game, I'm like, my God, like he's getting hit a lot in his first game. And I'm like, he wasn't sliding or anything. I'm just like, yo, he's not going to be able to take these hits all the time. So I that definitely worried me a bit. 
But outside of that, I'm not worried about him because you saw. Look, he his rushing ability. He looked he he looked like a rookie. You know, he did. He wasn't he wasn't good. He wasn't yeah. good in terms of passing the ball. And anyone who says otherwise wasn't watching the game. Like he That's was right. not a good passer. No. He looked good running. And I think he can improve. And there's a reason why Jimmy G is starting over him. And again, yes. they're going to develop him. He he has – you can see – you can smell the upside. You can watch him like, ooh, it's juicy. Especially for fans that you you see it coming. And I, I got a lot of Colin Kaepernick vibes. That's what I got. I got a lot of Colin Kaepernick vibes, you know, watching him. You know, similarities, rushing, big arm. But we'll see. I think he could be really good. but I do too. Know, well – I, I, look, if you could buy him, you're not going to be able to buy him because people are too high on Trey Lance. Yeah. But I, I think you're right, though. I think I think he looks like a player who played at North Dakota State and took last yeah. year off. That's yep, what he looks exactly. like. Exactly. Right? Game's a little too fast for him, and it won't always be that way, but it is. I mean, the level of comp is three steps up from North Dakota State to you know the NFL, and probably another step up for the NFC West too. I mean, you know, it's just like, holy shnikes, you know, he's in the toughest division in football or one of them at least. And, you know, goes from North Dakota state where, you know, there's divisions above North Dakota state that are better. And then, then there's the sec. Then there's the regular NFL or, and well, excuse me. Then there's like the New York teams, like the jets and giants. Then there's the regular NFL. And then there's like the elite. So yeah, he's got, a, he's taking a bunch of steps up. If only he could just play against the Jets and Giants every week, he'd probably be starting. This one's going to hurt. Tua. So I'm going to be completely objective. I am – I will be a six. Yeah. I say a six because I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. I think the smart decision – and again, the problem is I can't trust the front office. But if you literally look at all the possibilities after this season, right – and again, like we talked about earlier in the pod, the 2022 QB class isn't extremely impressive. So because of that, I think that benefits Tua in a way. It gives him maybe one more year. Yeah, with the offense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if he somehow, if this team looks a lot better next year, well, obviously there's a lot that needs to be done. But if he looks a lot better next year, then the problem is the 2023 class is right behind him. So obviously if he... If they stink again, they're going to move on from him. But I think yeah. I just don't see – if you're not going to get Deshaun Watson, then what's the point of move? – what's the point of drafting another young QB that's unproven that, again, this class isn't highly touted, you know, compared to the 2023 class? It doesn't make any, a lot of sense. Tua it hasn't even played a full season, you know, quote-unquote season, like 17 games now, you know. So I think he's going to be fine, but – it goes within, like, you know, at least for next year. But unless he, again, is a superstar, then they might move on from 2023. I hope not, but I'm a six. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, I agree with everything I think you said there. And and I'm, I would argue that, you know, they, they probably should just invest in the um, – in a quarterback in the way that like the Patriots have invested in quarterbacks. Like when they're, it was like Ryan Mallett, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, there were some others like some, uh, um, Matt Castle, whatever. Like there was just always a guy that they would take in that sort of second round, second, third round, Jarrett Stidham, like, you know, and I think this current 2022 class, this, this class that we're about to see, I don't think there's, Anybody better as a prospect than any of the five 
that we saw this last year in, in 20. Mm-hmm. But I think there's maybe six or seven that are better than all of the rest of the ones that were in the, you know what I mean? There's like, yeah. you know, if you were rating, I think that's kind of what you'd rate him as a, as a prospect. They're sort of that, you know, one, two turn guys in the real NFL. Like, you know, if you, if you're in that second round and you've got to pick somewhere in there that, that makes sense, or you can trade back up into the mid second and get, get a guy or whatever the case, right. There may, and who knows where this all shakes out going forward. They seem to always uh, go higher and higher uh, when we get closer to the draft, but I think that'd be a bit of a mistake for most of these guys. Someone's going to fall out of these six guys, you know, Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter. You know, there's just a bunch of guys, you know. So I'd take a shot on one of those guys and and just improve that quarterback room, maybe bring in one veteran too and whatever, that type of thing just to have something there in case Tua completely flames out. But I agree with you. I wouldn't invest any sort of uh, major capital. I'd let Tua be the guy. And we've seen it a couple times now with Daniel Jones and with uh, Josh Allen. And, you know, when you watch those guys, they were given those two years. Well, Tua didn't get that first year because he didn't get the first year. So let's call this one, one and a half, something like that, and give him that next year, like you say. And then at that point, you kind of have to know. This is a lost season anyway at one and seven. Doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters how he plays going forward, but, you know, it doesn't matter for the outcome of the season. So I agree with you 100%. Uh, moving on to one that I, uh, you know, I'm curious as to what you have for this one, Baker Mayfield. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not talking about his endorsement deals. Zero there. I mean, he is just killing it. I mean, have you ever seen a worse endorsement guy ever? That's in every commercial. Like, what in the hell? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't even get into all of that. <laughs> But man, Baker, he's a tricky one. I say maybe a six or seven. Because the problem is it's a similar situation, I guess. In some ways, there's parallels with Tua. Because, like, okay, like, he obviously isn't great. Like, the problem is if you don't pay, what you can, they can franchise tag him, right? So I think they can maybe franchise tag him. Mm. I don't know if they're going to decide to do that, but that's right. That was most likely that to me makes the most sense because he hasn't done anything to earn at least this season. He hasn't earned his pay. Let's be honest. He hasn't earned his pay, but they might franchise him. So I think he's still going to be the Browns quarterback for at least the next, what a year, two years. So I think he's probably, I say six, seven. I mean, his value is extremely low right now, but I just don't see them moving on from him next year. So they're probably going to franchise tag him, give him one more year, see what he got. Maybe like a prove it kind of thing. Yeah. If he completely balls out, maybe they'll talk about it. I just don't see it happening unless there's a dramatic difference. But I think that's probably what it's about. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I it's so much easier said than done. Like it's easy to say, oh, I wouldn't pay him. I mean, I'm saying like if you're running that team and you don't pay him, or you don't franchise them, interesting point, then what? Like if you bring in, let's say I bring uh, Mr. Smarty Pants over here, brings in Marcus Mariota and he sucks balls, then you're like, yeah. dude, what the fuck did you just do to our franchise? You know what I mean? It's like, it can't just, you can't just not pay him. You have to have another uh, solution that also will work well with this dope team that you have right now. Uh, so it's interesting, man. You, I think, I don't know if they're hoping that he 
flames out so they can make it easy not to pay him or if they're hoping that he starts playing well so they can justify paying him. I wonder if you were a fly on the wall, which one of those things they'd prefer in the front office of the Browns. I think I they, have, want, they want him to – because I think they have a playoff team. They, they have do. a great defense. They have the running backs when healthy. They Unfortunately, the receivers are now in flux, but and they have to win the best offensive line. So you have the pieces. Yeah. So they want him to play well. So – I think they definitely want him to earn his pay, but ugh, it's, it hasn't been looking good recently. No, certainly not. Uh, the aforementioned Daniel Jones, who is quite an enigma, also a New York giant. What do you think there? He's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely a nine because, like, listen, like – we can give, we can say all the excuses he wants, but the problem is like he's on his last leg. Okay, like the offensive, wrong, the offensive line. He's always had an offense, horrible offensive line, but he's been a turnover machine, a fumble machine. He, the teams never look good with him. He hasn't like he has his moments where he looks kind of cool because he's mobile and he, he runs really far. Like that's kind of cool, but <laughs> right. in terms of, you know, but in terms of your a franchise quarterback, look, it's done. It's a wrap. It's it's, it's not the answer. Everybody knows that it's not going to happen. They This was probably one of the best years, like, because like, like, they're not going to win the division. Clearly, the Cowboys are going to the playoffs. They're not going to be a wild card team. So what, you're going to go with him again into next year? No, right. like, next year you're going – now, like, they're, they're the type of team where, like, even though 2022 class isn't great, y'all can't – you get need a. You can't wait till twenty twenty three. You gotta do something at this right. point. Giant fans are fed up. I'm fed up, and I'm not even a Giants fan. You know, so they it's it's over. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good take. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I, I you know, he's not the answer. Like, and when he came out, I was pretty low on him and didn't think he was going to be much of anything. And and I've had to sort of have a pragmatic Bayesian take on him where I, like I've seen him be pretty good sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, maybe he's, you know, maybe, maybe, but you're right. I'm just sort of talking myself into it. So I'm not completely missing it if there's an ascension, but if I were really being honest with myself, I'd be like, he fucking sucks. He's not the guy. Like he's, he's not, not awful, <laughs> right? He's not awful. Like he's not complete putrid, like multiple interceptions and, creating a game in a way that's so bad that you just it's a you know train wreck he's just good enough to be tantalizing but I don't think that's the answer for sure and and it doesn't I think Josh Allen gave Daniel Jones uh truthers hope because he gives it was like too many people hope Josh yeah, he, Allen yeah. gives way every quarterback hope yeah and not everyone's gonna have a Josh Allen story no bet against news. that every time yeah. like literally bet it bet against that every time so I think you're right on the money there it's a good take all right, here's here's one. This one's I this is almost I shouldn't even ask. This is insulting to just even ask. Jared Goff? Uh, I mean I'm so sorry, Goff family. You guys, I'm sure you're very nice people. Very nice people. Tell I, us tell us Jared Goff. The fall because the thing about Jared Goff, it's crazy how like a few years ago, or maybe like two years ago, three years ago, my take would be different. We just got that huge contract. It obviously took the team to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff had his moments. You know, obviously the downfield throws weren't great. He couldn't really throw the downfield and he made his mistakes. But like, there's always just a little bit of hope with Jared Goff. But after, and obviously when we expected the Lions to be bad, I expected them to not be this bad. I knew they're going to be bad, but I thought there would just be 
a little less bad than they have been. But this season, what are you going to do? He's clearly somebody that, oh, he's burning your roster. And the problem is, like, he's not even – He's, he's not even having many games where, like, you know, obviously garbage time. Oh, you know, like you have a Blake Bortles garbage time or any other QB that's good in garbage time. He's not even doing that for you, like, on a consistent basis. So it's like, what good is he? He's just there. And it's yeah. like, he's, he's just there burning his roster. But again, it's super flex. Like, yeah, all QBs matter. That's the only reason. If he's literally, just because he's a QB and he's starting is the yeah. only reason you he's even relevant at this Did point. you slide an all QBs matter in there? Pretty much, <laughs> and, and I hate that, but it's true. And Superflex, all no, starting QB man, it's it's disgusting. Give me it's Mike like, White. Give me Mike White. I'm not I much. Yeah, like give me every starting QB. Give me anybody over yeah, golf. No. I don't. I don't have him on any rosters. Think. Lord, yeah, zero shares, zero cares. I'm with you, bro. He's awful. Yeah, Throw him out with the bathwater. You said yeah. something so funny, man. You said, uh, you know, like he's just there. It's yeah. true, man. He's like, it, it's not like he's prolific in like, like even Blake Bortles was like, oh my God, he's so bad. But then like in garbage time, you're like, he's slinging it. And you're like, fucking hey, look at this. Like he doesn't do any of that shit. He's just checked down Charlie, like, you know. You know, just Swift and Hawkinson and Khalif Raymond all close to the line of scrimmage, like zero upside, no downfield presence. He's just, you know, a piece of white bread left out on the counter where you're like, ah, it's there. I didn't, what do I throw it away? I don't know. Is someone going to eat that? What is this doing here? Like, it's like just I in the way. Want, like, he's one of the QBs where, like, I almost rather start a running back or wide receiver in my super flex position. Like, that's how bad he's been. You yeah. know, and like, and, like, I never do that, but he, He's one person that I look to. Like huh? Zach Wilson's another one that I did that with too. And I'm like, yeah. let me let me start somebody else because you're garbage. <laughs> yeah, and especially in a four point touchdown, and and if it's any more penalty than the standard penalty for negative plays, I yeah. think you have a really great case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I play in a, a lot of six point touchdown for quarterback and super flex, which is a ton of fun because then the quarterbacks are super valuable. But yeah, in a, in, a, in a four point. Uh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, all right. Well, this these two players are going to be better, um, but I still think there's got to be a little bit of worry. Now, and I think it's worth talking about Ryan Tannehill. Um, go ahead. What do you think about Ryan Tannehill? I'm not worried about Ryan Tannehill. I feel like he hasn't looked the way he has within like, you know, the past couple of years. But I think he's good. He's still fine. I think he's still good enough. And obviously this year, what, you lose Henry. Like, they're not going to move on from it. Maybe like maybe they take, like, a QB late in the later rounds next year. But I think Tannehill's still proven himself to be the guy. He's made mistakes this year, but I don't think he's been bad enough where it's like, oh, you got to panic, you got to move on. I think his I think his dynasty value is fine. I think what's going to happen without Henry, he's going to put up a lot of better numbers because he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. So he's somebody that like I'm excited to have on my roster for the rest of the season just because, again, he's going to be slinging it. And again, next year when Henry's back again, he should be decent. I'm not not too worried about him in Dynasty. I'll give him four. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm not that worried. It's just kind of interesting, I guess, a little bit for me. Like, um, you know, he was so good, so efficient last year. I suppose we should have probably seen some regression coming, but like he has the lowest touchdown percentage since his rookie season, you know. So all the years in Miami, all of them, you know, 
he's never had, except for his rookie year, he's never had a touchdown percentage this low. So there's a little bit of, you know, regression back to the mean. Like, I don't think he's this bad either. And, but I guess the question, of course, ties into when, you know, Derrick Henry's gone now, you know, he's either got to put up or shut up here. And it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to throw the ball. You know, I, I, I was talking last week on the pod. I was like, you know, when, when, um, when Tennessee can play just downhill with Henry and play action to AJ Brown, it's lethal. Well, they lose the front part of that, which is the downhill from, you know, now it's going to be downhill from a 40 year old Adrian Peterson or, you know, a a Jag and uh, Jeremy McNichols. You know, that's, yeah, that, you know, Hey, they're, 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 you know, running back doesn't matter, but it does at that level, you know, a game for that team, for that team, it matters. Oh, it matters big time (laughs) in the way that they're going to play and the way they can dictate pace and the way they can play the game and how much attention he takes and how much linebackers start playing on their toes a little bit. They're not on their heels. They're not moving back. They're moving forward when Henry's in the game. Now they can just play in space. And so it takes away some of those throwing lanes. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, how, how well Tannehill can play under those conditions. Uh, so, yeah, I you know the defense, like we said, has been playing somewhat better, but I don't trust them either. Um, so that's where my worries come from with Tannehill. Are we seeing sort of this a demise in the way he's playing, or was it just sort of you know some 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 weird uh, anomalies in the numbers because Derrick Henry was so good? We're going to find out, but I'm I'm only slightly worried, but worried nonetheless. I'll finish with Michael P. Duncan's favorite Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, the the winner of a 44-point game with throwing the nine completions. Clearly, they won it on Jalen Hurts' back. Jalen Hurts, how concerned are you? I This is probably my least favorite to answer because I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah. But it has to be like a seven eight like because the problem is it's like yeah he's gonna be great for you the rest of the season but we've already the eagles have pretty much told us that it's done right the eagles are on a good team they have a whole new regime that didn't you know the head coach this is not his guy he inherited jalen hurts there's no reason and he's he's been good he's he's had his moments but he hasn't been like electric enough to be like okay Again, for fantasy, absolutely. But in terms yes. of real life, he hasn't been good enough for the Eagles to be like, okay, this is our guy. We found a QB. Let's build around him. I hope they decide to do that. But I'm trying to think of like real football perspective. I think they're going to draft somebody, start over, start the rebuild process with Devonta Smith. You know, as the you know obviously the wide receiver one. I just they 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 haven't done any. Jalen Hurts unfortunately hasn't done enough this season to make me believe that the organization is fully behind him. And they haven't said anything like, oh, he's our guy. They, they haven't done anything. They have, they, it's for like, oh, you know, he, we, you know, he came along with the package deal and, you know, things didn't work out. We traded Carson Wentz and that's the problem. He's, he's probably going to be gone. I hope he gets to start. I, I love him and I love him for fantasy. I love him as a person, love his worth ethic, but I'm very nervous for him in terms of dynasty. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, his QBR is pretty pathetic. Um, I was just looking at some, some stats for him and, you know, he hasn't really made a lot of mistakes. I mean, he's only got four picks this year. He only threw four last year. So he's not really a mistake guy. He just doesn't do anything. Uh, you know, his, his, um, his yards per attempt are at seven, 
you know, you'd think with his legs and and the pressure he puts on, he could be a little bit more like Lamar Jackson pushing the ball down the field behind cheating linebackers. You know, the the other part of this, too, is there's been sort of this apathy from the coaching staff and front office to sort of commit to Jalen Hurts. And I don't mean to commit to him and say, he's our quarterback forever. I mean philosophically put put a put a, a game plan around him that actually suits him kind of like the Justin Fields situation you know it's like i'm not so sure that you know i was listening i think it was Evan Silva was talking about a few quotes that come from uh the the front office and coaching staff that were alluding to the fact that you know they're sort of tepid on whether or not you know Hurts is the guy so therefore they're you know well there's always a contingency plan this that and the other all this sort of nonsense about him and so i'm not so sure that they're you know all in uh, I'm not saying they should be, but they should at least be all in right now. Like at this moment, they should be trying to win football games with his ass. Uh, but he's been particularly average as a thrower, just over 60% this year. Uh, he was 52 last year, woof. Um, Oof, yeah. Touchdown percentage is right around 4% each year, not great. Again, interceptions are low, but the QBR, last year 41, this year 43. Um, that's basically just bad. So he's not making winning plays you know, uh, he's just sort of he's just not doing much. Uh, last week, Dan Brown had mentioned that all of his fantasy points seemed to come in the fourth quarter, and I called him uh, fast Blake Bortles, uh, you know, because, yeah. he, you know, he just is garbage time every time. And even in this win, he wasn't the reason they won. And I don't know if he's good or bad. Uh, certainly the numbers say he's not very good at throwing the football at an NFL level, but – there's could be more to it than that. I'm very, very nervous for him. Uh, again, in dynasty, I'm nervous for him because I'm, I'm nervous that he might not have musical chairs. He's not going to be sitting in a starting quarterback chair. Uh, if he is, then he's a great play every week. That's just how it goes. Whether they win or lose doesn't matter. He's a great play, but I'm not so sure he keeps his chair. Uh, maybe even not, they could play fucking Gardner Minshew over him. And I would not be surprised. That's how, that's how, uh, fragile, I think he is as a starting quarterback for that team. Right or wrong, that's what I feel. It, it, to be honest with you, I don't really have anything to add. I think you summed it up well. Thanks, buddy. Well, that that makes a first on this show that someone said that. So <laughs> it must be just time to go. Oh, look at that. Time to go. All right. No, it is time <laughs> to go. But what an awesome week. What a great pod. You were amazing. Um, you know, I kind of shared it with everybody where you're at, but kind of just tell people where you, where they can find you, like, you know, where where they can find your content of course man well thank you again so much for having me it's been a fun shot again i feel like we could talk about everything we talked about for hours you know what yes. i mean like the time flew by but yeah you guys can find me at t king mode on twitter i'm trying to be more active on instagram and tiktok so you can find me at the same handle there and also you can find my work at yahoo fantasy you know i write articles weekly articles for them as well as you can find my work on football guys I'm part of the mailbag show that we do Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So check out, you know, the show later today. And, yeah, I just appreciate everybody. and hope everyone, again, appreciate, again, you, Jax, for inviting me on the pod and everybody who supported me. So thank you again. Yeah, well, we support you over at the Undroppables. We like you. Uh, you know, we're, we're always pulling for I was super happy for you when you got the Yahoo gig. And, you know, you basically have been getting, uh, you know, opportunities for the reasons that you're – a really good person and you do good work and you deserve it. So just go have fun with it. We'd love to have you back on the show. If you're ever looking for someone to 
join you to talk about it. Obviously, there's no shortage of words on on this end of the mic. So always happy to share my thoughts on anything. But uh, really, really appreciate you and, and appreciate you coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, Troy King, thank you so much. So on behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of a peculiarly happy Michael P. Duncan, the greatest producer in all the land, on behalf of Jax Falcone, on behalf of Troy King, we are out. We are out.